Aloha, and welcome everyone to the 105th episode of the Have Aloha Will Travel podcast. I am your co-host, Kevin Allen, with me as always. Grace Maeda. Hi, hey, Grace. Hello, uh, and today we have, yeah, no, it's it's a day, it's a Friday. It's, it's, a, it's a day. day. Uh, and we have a very <laughs> special guest with us today. We have Chef McKenna Shea of Maui. She's of the Pacifico, Pacific O on the beach. She's been there since 2019. She's the youngest female leading chef. And now you're the executive sous chef. Um, but you're also a celebrity now. You're, you're also, also you're also a famous person now. She was on the uh, last episode of the Food Network's Chopped. Um, and she won. You're, uh, sorry, spoiler alert, I guess. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know if I was supposed to, I don't know. All the local news, you've made all the headlines, mm-hmm. the star advertiser, yeah. the KHONs. You're you're definitely locally famous um, now. Hardly more a secret so. anymore. Right. I know, absolutely not. Um, yeah, so hello, McKenna. How are you doing? Hello. You know, I've just been riding the wave of all this craziness. This is definitely the biggest thing that's ever happened to me in my career. So it's a first. It's a first for me. And I'm riding that wave and I'm loving it. And I'm happy to be here. Thank you again for having me. Well, and so you had to keep this secret kind of a while, right? Because when did the show film originally? (laughs) We filmed in September of 2022. (laughs) Like six months. (laughs) Having to keep it a secret. Oh my God. I would have told so many people. It was one of the hardest secrets I've ever had to keep. Like those who were super close to me, I just couldn't. I mean, right. hopefully people understand that. Like I had to tell my mother, like there's some people I just couldn't bear to keep it. Um, but I did my best. There was six months of trying to suppress and forget about it really, or else it's just too much to <laughs> to bear the secret. To of. handle, right. Right, did, like, so it never happened. It must be kind of weird for you now though, that this is like, could you... You did this like six months ago and now everyone's like, I can't believe you won. And like you, you did, but this is like old news for you almost at this point. It is, but I knew with it being old news, I knew I would have to relive it eventually. I knew it was going to come back and I had never seen the episode before it aired. So it really was a big oh, really? reveal for me as well. What was um, it like? So, watching? Yeah, no, it, I, it's, I'm living it a different way than I did. Mm hmm. What was it like watching yourself on TV and like as a competitor? Um, you know, I was way more nervous, I think, than I should have been before it aired. I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to embarrass myself or what did I do? I can't really remember. Did I look nervous? Did I stutter? You know, you have all these fears. Um, but after I watched the episode, I really had a big kind of like, okay it wasn't that bad you know like yeah, yeah I was pretty proud of how I came across pretty proud obviously I won you know I don't have much to be disappointed with but you know I'm <laughs> yeah. my biggest critic in a way so I was I was a little nervous to it's almost as if I was a pop singer listening to my own you know hit song you're like ooh, mm-hmm. is that how I sound but to other people it comes across so different than your own critical eyes so I had to keep that in <laughs> mind um, when I was watching it but I was happy with it I was like okay I can live with that <laughs> awesome and I mean yeah how did how did this begin? Um, I guess did they reach out to you? Like, what was the the process behind this whole this whole getting this set up? I guess. Yeah, so I've competed on Food Network before. In 2018, I was on a cake challenge. So that was one of the old school style competition shows where they build the large caricature structural cakes. Um, and it, just like that one, they all just kind of pop up in your life 
it's not something I really chased after. It's just when Food Network greets you with an opportunity, when you get the phone call, doesn't matter what they're asking for, you say yes and you go and do it. That's kind of my motto. Um, so with that in mind, they had reached out to me, a, a casting team. It was a Food Network casting um, Instagram account, believe it or not. Wow. And oh, really? they had reached out to me via Instagram. And I mean, I have a food-oriented, a chef E social media page, but it's not like I have tons of followers or it's a very big, you know, viral page or anything. But they just came across some of my food or some one of my posts and slid into the DMs, as I like to keep referring to it as. Right. And, and yeah, thank goodness just, you read you read that one though, because like I feel like I don't know, you know, sometimes I get DMs and I'm like, oh, haha, you're a man in somewhere, <laughs> you know, you're a man in India just trying to get my credit card information. <laughs> I feel like it exactly. would have been very. It would have been very easy for me to just be like, oh, ha, ha, ha. Yeah. <laughs> but I guess, yeah, you have a you have a history with the Food Network. So you I guess that's not as unbelievable, well, you know, if, the food network the company. if they have a verified account, the check mark. I don't know. Yeah, absolutely. well, they they didn't. They didn't. It was just it was a casting oh, right, like a, right, a right. third party. So oh, it was just weird. like casting dot net. And I've been <laughs> scammed or scammed, I should say. I've been like kind of. those things have come into my DMs before and I've responded to them and some of them have gone nowhere. Some of them I've done a couple interviews and didn't make it all the way through to the final, you know, steps of the process. It wasn't who they were looking for. It wasn't the right time, whatever. But this one, just like the others, I always just give it a shot. I'm not sharing my social security number or anything. I was like, here's my resume, whatever. If I get it, great. If not, I don't. And then they responded back. And then we set an interview. And then I made it to the next round of like the Skype interview. And then they passed me along to the producers. And it just kind of snowball affected from there. Wow, that's a long process. Uh, you you kind of just talked about, you know, a little bit of your resume and your your history. I mean, can you actually just give us a kind of a brief rundown? Where are you from? You know? Are you, are you born and raised on Maui? Have you always been cooking? Where did your love for cooking come from? Just give us a little, give us a little bit about yourself. Sure. Yeah. The cliff notes of McKenna Shea. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> okay. So I'll start kind of more recent and work my way back. I've been at Pacifico and on Maui for four years. Um, yes. I came here looking to find a smaller mom and pop restaurant to really fall in love with. Because before mm-hmm. I was working at Pacifico on the beach, I was in the hotel world, the hotel industry. I was working for Marriott Ritz-Carlton when I was back on the mainland. So I traveled to all the different properties and worked at Ritz-Carlton for pastry and savory. I was a sous chef at one point. I mean, I just climbed the kind of Ritz-Carlton ladder, as I would say, mm-hmm. and right. got transported around. Right. I worked in Denver. I worked in Lake Tahoe. I worked in San Francisco. And um, I was loving it. I absolutely lo- love that fine dining, um, kind of top tier quality of the of the industry. And I felt I fell in love with fine dining for sure there. But I almost took this like Anthony Bourdain twist to my career at a certain point. I I wanted to break free from the corporate like ladder of I have to wait in line for this promotion and I'm only 22 and but I have so much passion and drive and skill and I just really feel like I can take my knives elsewhere and work my way up the ladder quicker. I think that was my mentality at the time. Um, And then it kind of coincided with the fact that my still boyfriend but boyfriend at the time um he's a ship he's a boating captain so thank you for the clarification yes you're very (laughs) um he was looking for a bigger body of water than lake tahoe to sail around in so at this point in our lives we were in lake tahoe i was working at the ritz carlton and he was um part-time snowboard instructor part-time boat captain in the summer because it's such a polarizing mm -hmm. yeah sounds like a cool dude 
part-time oh, sir, the snowboard instructor, <laughs> part-time boat captain, you know, part-time uh, model. Just right. Twenty-year-old, twenty-year-old McKenna was swooning. So uh, <laughs> I still am, still am, absolutely. Um, and so we looked for different Ritz Carltons at the time, but it kind of was in this point in my career where I was just looking for something different. And the body of water kind of pointed us in the direction of where we were going. So Maui happened to just fall in our laps. It was so incredible. It's hard to believe that we were just like, Maui would be so amazing. And then a couple months into this journey, we found a place to rent. I was getting job you know, opportunities, this, that, and the other. And it just really felt meant to be. So four years on Maui, four years at Pacifico, and I think kind of the start of my, I guess, culinary journey um, was through college. I went to Johnson Wales University. It's a culinary school in Denver. And I started out in pastry. So I thought I was going to be this pastry chef of stars, wedding cakes, desserts. Um, I did, you know, cupcakes in high school and I would sell them at lunch for uh, community service projects. And I, I've always, I've always kind of had this food side of me that it interests me. I love to eat. I would cook dinner for my family, but it never really turned into like, oh, this is what I'm going to do for my life. Of course, until I was like, all right, culinary school, let's give it a shot. And then instantly, I mean, my life path was just set up. I think I remember getting my knife kit, my first uniform for college and just being like, this feels so right. You know, I was already on Instagram, already kind of starting this social media journey of like, I'm going to be a female chef. And wearing my outfit the first day of school, posting it, just to be like, this is who I am. And um, kind of letting the chef and social media journey guide my career. So it's been a long time coming for sure. Yeah. And now you're like an award-winning or you, you won a shop. You're a, you're a, you're a reality star TV, mm -hmm. and, you know, you're a star. Um, well, it's very, Oh, go ahead. I was just saying completely manifested. Clearly I was just going Absolutely. for it from day one. Mm -hmm. So right, I've been working no. a long time. It's like if you put in hard work, you get results. You get, you get rewarded for your hard work. Shocking. It's crazy. It's really crazy concept. I'm curious about the actual show, though. So you it's called a bunch of abalone or abalone, right? So what is abalone? Abalone. So like, what is abalone? Did it shock you when that was the ingredient that you had to cook with? Like, what were the dishes you were making? Totally. Absolutely. Um, so I had never seen abalone in person before. Abalone is a sea snail. Essentially, it's like a giant clam. Um, in Maui, we oh. have opihi, which are like kind of single shell. They cling onto the rocks <laughs> and then it has this sort of like muscle or clam-like texture underneath and you um, eat it similarly to other shellfish. So I was familiar with seafood, shellfish, especially working at Pacifico on the beach. We do a lot of seafood here. We're right on the beach. So I have a lot of background knowledge in seafood, but not in abalone specifically. So of course, when I opened the basket, it was almost like, of course, this would be the only seafood that I haven't really worked with. You know what I mean? Like just by the luck of the draw, like, of course, this would be something I'm like pretty uncomfortable working with, but I did just stay true to what do I know about these types of um, foods, you know, what do I know about shellfish? What do I know about how to slice sashimi? What do I know all these background tools to kind of get through this challenge in the best way I can? But it was by no means like this is the expertise, the most crafted way to work with this protein. I was definitely winging it round one. Absolutely. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, it must be such an like a strange concept to kind of make a dish with an ingredient that I guess you don't you don't have a history with like you know, you right. don't know what it, what it, what it's going to be like. I mean, 
but the dish you made, uh, you know, is fantastic. And now you even have a dish at the restaurant that you guys are serving yeah. for a limited time. And is that based off of the dish that you made for chopped? Yes, exactly. So this dish is actually turned into my signature dish. You know, it is the winning dish, even though technically oh, wow. I won with <laughs> dessert. This is the dish that is kind of correlated to my episode. So we're sourcing right. um, abalone now from Kona, from the Big Island. And we're going to be serving, yeah, this abalone chopped special. It's the appetizer. And it, it's pretty pretty spot on to what I made on the show besides sourcing our local versions of the ingredients. And right. the feedback has been amazing. Like it's not just people that want to be a part of this moment. Of course, it's nice to, oh, it was on chopped, but the dish is actually delicious. And I'm getting good feedback that like, maybe this dish might stay around and stay on the menu. It's just a crazy concept Whoa. that it's... I, it's surreal you know it's just a dish i made one time and now all of a sudden ube cheesecake abalone veggie straws like the most random ingredients are becoming this like recognizable kind of signature mckenna dish like i never would have imagined that interesting yeah, yeah that's very interesting i mean like yeah i guess when you're when you when you saw the ingredients and when you saw what you had to work with can you actually just you know, take us through your thought process, kind of maybe step by step of like how you were going to set up the dish. I'm always very curious about these kinds of things, especially in such a high intensity, you know, high intensity situation, like being on sure. a cooking show on a cooking competition, like, just give me your step by step, like, okay, here's what I got to do. Here's the first thing I got to think about. Sure. And I'll definitely give away some of my <laughs> little kind of strategies. Um, oh, not too, cool. there's not too, there's not too much like TV magic that goes on. It's very real to the time limit, very real to, um, you know, I, I guess the real time action, what the judges are saying, what's in the pantry, you know, there, there's not a lot of, you know, what's behind this glass type of effect there. It's very, this is how it is. Good luck with your ingredients. You have 20 minutes go. And so as I was prepping and as I've been, I've been a longtime fan of the show. So watching Chopped growing up, I feel like I've just been practicing, practicing, preparing because <laughs> it's something that I've been studying. I feel like this kind of mystery box challenge. Um, and then on that same note, here at Pacifico, we are a farm to table restaurant and we have our own farm. So we are very on the cusp of creative uh, speed and flexibility of like what ingredients are coming in the door. What are we going to turn that into tonight? What are we running tomorrow? Like our menu doesn't change every day, but the ingredients that we have in house and the the specials we run, I mean, everything in this world is as, what do I say? Creatively, you know, ever moving fast paced. So this, just this environment, this industry has prepared me for the show, but leading mm -hmm. up to actually flying to compete, of course, I'm studying my butt off. I'm watching extra episodes. I'm search researching ingredients. That is that what training is like show. for that show? Because I was yeah, I was curious. <laughs> like, how do you how do you prepare for something where you just have no idea what's going to happen? Just luck of the draw. I was literally watching episodes, and my boyfriend <laughs> would pause. He would pause it after they say the ingredients, and he's like, "What would you do? Go and oh, make wow, me like play." Yeah. So I was practicing. This is not just You're like, ready. oh, I'll, I'll, I'll see how it goes. You know, I was really going to give it my all. And yeah. so I knew going into it, here's some of my little strategies. I knew going into it, like first round, I'm going to make a salad. I have great, like, you can do so much with it between the textures, the flavors, whatever ingredients are in that basket, you can make a composed salad. And for the appetizer round, a lot of the time, 
contestants get criticized for too big a portion or too big of this, or it, this is not an entree round, you know, they want to make it a small starter of the meal appetizer. So I kind of kept that in mind. And then when you think about a salad, you have your base, you have your toppings, you have your texture, you have your vinaigrette. So you have all these layers where these ingredients can fit into no matter what they are, whether it be a ube cheesecake or a, an abalone, you know, I can make that into a dressing. I can make that into the crispy component. Like I was already kind of strategizing um, a, a rough template guide of what my plan was. And of course, if I had a different idea when I opened the basket, I, I would have gone for it, which happened um actually it never happened i pretty much had a plan yeah <laughs> you're you, round. you prepared you executed you're ready to go are you a I virgo mean, I don't make it sound too boring i'm a scorpio oh okay i was gonna say a virgo would be so like neat but you do come across as a scorpio but yeah a little bit of that like type a structure personality <laughs> but um anywho so i knew i was gonna make a salad and then i think the biggest strategies for the rounds moving forward is after you've done round one, I had gotten a full kind of tour of the kitchen. I knew what the ingredients were in the fridge, what tools were available, what equipment was around. And I saw ingredients that I was like, oh, I love working with gochujang. It's a sweet and spicy Korean, you know, chili paste. So I, I, even though I was doing my abalone round, I was already like, oh, okay, I know where these mushrooms are. And I, I see the chocolate for the dessert round. And I, like, my brain's already rolling on the full um, meal, you know, so I'm making the salad and feeling pretty confident. The abalone is throwing me for a loop, but for the most part, I know if I just execute a good salad and just the cook on my abalone is incorrect, I'm hearing murmurs that nobody knows what to do with the abalone. So I was like, okay, we're all <laughs> equally confused right. and we're just going to do dark. our best. <laughs> um, so yeah, the salad was, I wouldn't say it's like a, an easy way out either. You can definitely make the most elaborate uh, complex layered salads, which I think ended up being what happened. I mean, this ube cheesecake niswa dressing is something that it kind of crosses the barrier between Caesar, uh, a Caesar dressing, and then something a little sweeter, like a, a lily koi vinaigrette or something on that sweeter side of the vinaigrette. It kind of melds the two worlds, the sweet and the creamy um, together. And I don't know if I've really had a, you know, sweet Caesar salad. If you think of it that way, it's just like, interesting like I, I could get behind that like the sharpness of the, the cheese versus the sweetness of some honey like there's some there's some there's something there <laughs> right yeah so, you found um, it you I was, found it though yeah uh, chopped just gave it to me in the basket and I had to find it <laughs> do you foresee yourself going on some other competitions in the future or, or are you like now that you won or do you think yeah you want to keep doing some food challenges um it's that's a good, great question because this has always been a niche of this industry I've um, wanted to do. You know, it's not random that I was on Chopped. It's not random that I've been, you know, on Food Network before. This is something I'm extremely passionate about. And I work really hard to come across as somebody that can talk about my food, somebody that can explain my food in a relatable way to people that mm -hmm. really either don't care about food or don't know me or Pacifico on the beach at all. I, I like to just portray myself as this, I mean, well-rounded chef. So I think being on TV is that extra level of presentation. And um, I've always loved the celebrity chefs on Food Network and I've looked up to them my whole career, Bobby Flay, Giada, Barefoot mm -hmm. Contessa. I mean, those are my idols. So it's, I, I don't want to, you know, I don't, I don't want to say my dreams out loud because I feel like it's a little, right. it makes me nervous, but 
I have always wanted to be on Food Network specifically. I've always wanted to be on Chopped specifically. So it, it would be absolutely a lie if I were to say, I, you know, oh, I won, I'm done. Like, I think this is just the start for me. At least I really am hopeful that it's just the start. Is it really as nerve wracking? I feel like whenever I watch these shows and the, the chefs are presenting their dish to the judges, it's like the most nerve wracking situation. I don't know. I feel like, is it, is it like nervous? Like, is it really that dramatic as well? I mean, or is it really played up on TV or is it, are they like, mm, they're like really thinking about it. They really, you know, give it to the, give it to the chefs. What What is that situation like? Honestly, I really hope I have a different answer when I'm on your podcast again in 10 <laughs> years and I've yeah. done it a bunch, but for this for the first time, essentially, like I was an absolute ball of nerves the entire day. <laughs> I never was not feeling absolutely sick to my stomach of just like the intensity, the, the environment, the adrenaline, the right. pressure, like it. Ne I could never shake it off. And that's one of those things I take away of like, I hope I get better at that because I was right. absolutely just like come across normal, come across calm, <laughs> you know, just trying to keep myself together because right. it is just such a high intensity environment. And course it was my first time ever doing anything that intense um for filmed sure. for america so i was like okay, i know for yourself, national tv flew all the way to new york city just for this episode so there was a lot riding on like this opportunity and i mean it was a big deal and i just tried to swallow it and turned out all right I, that was what i was nervous to see you know how how nervous am i gonna look but it's like oh girl you look you look okay you know of course i'm a little <laughs> nervous but not, yeah. not sweating bullets or anything more than anybody else was right was there something that surprised you on the show like whether the judges were like nicer than you thought they'd be or like meaner than they would be or like the competition you know yeah what was surprising um definitely getting to know the judges a little bit um mm -hmm. Jennifer Zakarian I've followed since I've you know been a fan of the show for a long time so I saw him and I was definitely a little like fangirly and then um, Tiffany and JJ were new to me at the time. I, excuse me, I hadn't heard of them prior to the show. Um, but actually since then have developed relationships with both of them. So they're, it's great. Like it's a great catalyst for meeting industry people. And so mm -hmm. my takeaway is like, I get to see them and talk to them after the camera cuts right. and they're just like totally down to earth, normal people. And then there is a little bit of like showmanship going on when the cameras are rolling and they're a little more harsh, oh, yeah. but um, it was funny. I was talking with Tiffany on one of the cut, you know, okay, cut. And then we're going to reshoot from a different angle. Like there's no filming going on. And she was like, Oh, so you're on Maui. You know, we were just like casually talking during filming, but not while the cameras are rolling. She's like, I'll be on Maui next month for the food and wine festival. And I was like, we have a booth. Pacifico on the beach has a booth at uh, food and wine festival. You should like, please come swing by. And so like, we're like networking through this show. Oh, interesting. Um, and now, you know, we're all Instagram buddies and I feel like I have a little a connection with all those judges. So that's a really awesome takeaway from that mm -hmm. opportunity. It's just, they're down to earth, they're real people. And then the camera goes on and they've got this, I wouldn't say facade, but they're nice and right. serious. And, um, I'm telling you, this is still, well, intensity is very high. I'm still in the middle of being judged. So it's not as casual as I'm making it come across, but it was like, Oh, there's a turn off and a turn on. And, right. um, the whole Hollywood reality of like kind of going along the same line of this set was just popped up and then they just pop it down and they go to a different location. And they just pop it up the same set that you see on TV. And it's, you know, the sliding glass door with the big chop knife on it, the hallway where the contestants that are eliminated walk down. It's just so interestingly fabricated. We're like behind that wall is just like 20 cameras, a glass mirror where like you can't see through, they can see you. It's all just like, 
the shelving is pop up, pop down. So you can go to the next location. Like it's a moving show of, it has, you know, wheels to it. It's not like this is the set of chops. So that was also an interesting behind the scenes of like, Oh snap. Like, if I lean on this wall, it's coming down. You know, like, this, is yeah. wall. <laughs> this is a paper mache wall. Yeah, you'll go yeah. right through it. So that was totally oh, that's really... like blow Yeah, my that's mind. so cool. That's like my favorite thing about, yeah, all this like reality TV and like just like, yeah, all that TV in general is like how quick they can pop up those sets. Um, oh, it's amazing. You know, like, oh, these are fake lemons hanging in this basket. Those right. are the real lemons. <laughs> yeah, turns out nothing is real on set except for like the ingredients you guys are using. Like everything is fake. Right. Like, that's wow, interesting that's not really you know in israel though is that uh ten thousand dollars your the uh, 10 grand you 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 want that's very real what are you gonna what that are you gonna was... do with them bucks dude what are you gonna man well on the episode my big story was i'm i'm putting it towards a boat because my boyfriend's a captain i am a chef and we want to eventually go into business one day doing like Boating charters where we provide dinner, we provide, you know, nice hors d'oeuvres and wine pairings or picnics or just like a little catering boat charter hubby wife team duo. That's the dream. That's our dream. Adorable. So that's, that's what it's going towards. And on the show, it was definitely angled like, oh, I'm buying a boat. This money, I'm buying a boat. (laughs) I am buying a boat. And so I've gotten so much outreach of like, send me a picture of the boat. Are you boat shopping? How's the oh, boat? No. <laughs> and you're and like, just, no, it's it's for the future of the boat. <laughs> the concept of a it's boat. Con- right. It's the mission. You know, it's going to be a part of your tenure, you know, your tenure plan. Right. Yeah. Ten, I don't think 10 grand will get you a boat. I mean. It's a good start. It's like a drop in the ocean. Yeah. Like, do people not know how much boats cost? Apparently not. <laughs> yeah, a boat. Especially you a boat that you're like harbor ten thousand dollars. That's what I'm saying. Especially on Maui, y'all. I'm like, that's yeah. maybe a harbor slip. I can get a parking spot, maybe. Right. Right. It's so, anyways, the start it's towards the dream. There you go. It's you know it'll pay your rent too. You know it's it's all going towards the dream of right. the boat. The dream right. of the boat. A nice little. N- nest egg to sit on and feel good about right. maybe <laughs> absolutely that's funny well so you've also so cooks and been a chef all over the country it sounds like how would you describe maui's culinary scene when i came out to maui's and like i first was introduced to the culinary scene i was at merriman's kapalua i don't know if you're familiar it's a very popular restaurant uh, peter merriman is the chef and there's many locations across all the hawaiian islands so and um, that's what drew me to it in the first place is just its popularity and kind of name recognition. And from there, I really understood kind of what I would say are like the titans and the well-recognized larger. And again, I'm talking like fine dining and like the, the I don't want to say upper tier, but I'll just say, you know, the, the yeah. nicer restaurants on the island have reputations. And I got to know all of them and know the chefs. And that really started my research, I guess, to finding Pacifico on the beach. But um, I initially was looking around and I, I felt like it was just a little, I, I had come from San Francisco, which is, in my opinion, one of the food capitals of, if not the world, definitely the United States. Um, I love the food scene out there. I love the creative art kind of city vibes of when, like when you go to New York City, you feel the hustle and the bustle. Um, I, I get that from San Francisco in this creative artistic way that is hard to explain, but it's it's one of my favorite places on earth. So coming to Maui from San Francisco, I definitely felt um, 
it was just a little quieter. There wasn't as much going on. And, you know, I was, of course, very young, very new. So I wasn't even in the inner circle. You know, I, I really had no grounds to stand on by saying that. But that was just my my opinion, my perspective of like, oh, like, I don't know as many, you know, great chefs around here, great restaurants with reputations like there were in San Francisco when I was there. So that was something that motivated me to make my you know mark on the map. And it was almost this big fish, small pond mentality that I took upon myself. Like I can really be somebody here because I can make a stand I can, or I can make a statement. You know, I can be somebody here. I'm already at Merriman's, which at the time I thought was just like one of the best restaurants I could have landed on, which I have nothing bad to say about Merriman's. I absolutely love their food, but it did make me understand the scope of what restaurants, um, you know, are like out here. So coming to Pacifico on the beach, I, you know, found this beautiful farm to table operation that was really needing kind of a, a fresh start, if you will, a fresh set of eyes to take this farm and these farm products and transform them into a new restaurant concept for the, you know, the foodie for the restaurant travelers, for the tourists that come and are looking for that next level dining experience. And our location being right on the beach, we're the only restaurant physically on the beach on the west side of Maui. I knew this was my perfect home to like make this be my my nest, I guess, to make my name, make my food and make my you know reputation. I just felt comfortable that this is a place I can plant plant myself and start seeding and like tending to this um, investment that I'm making on my career here and develop my relationships with my employees, develop my relationships with the vendors out here and start to, excuse me, start to grow my way up the food chain, if you will, and meeting different suppliers, farmers, fishermen, hunters. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I, I only then started to understand the true scope of what Maui restaurant scene was really about, because it is really a tight knit community of locally sourcing and sustainable and like-minded creative chefs that I'm honored to be in the same room with when I'm in the room with them. Now I'm, I'm literally like, Oh my God, this is all I've ever wanted is to be in a room with, you know, Mala's Alvin Savella or Tin Roof and Tiffany's Sheldon Simeon and all these people that I never would have gotten the chance to meet if I didn't have the confidence to be like, I'm going to make a name for myself and I'm going to be in that room. You know, the next time there's a, a big chef meeting around here. <laughs> That's right. The next time they, they blow the conch and all the chefs con- congregate, they run I'm over. Yeah. yeah. And you are there that. now. So and at least I feel like that. Um, That's awesome. <laughs> and, and where can people find you? I mean, you said you're, you're on social media and obviously you're at the Pacific Go, but where can people find you, get to know you more? Um, so I have a chefy account for all things food. You can follow at Chef McKenna Shea, and that's my Instagram handle. Um, please, please feel free. Anybody swing through um, Pacifico on the Beach, located on Front Street. I'm here Monday through Friday. Um, and I love to come out on the floor and see everyone, especially those eating the abalone dish. And um, it's just a crazy time right now to be recognized as I walk I through bet. the restaurant. It's you, is there a lot of people coming in and being like, that's you? <laughs> well, I get your autograph? you know, I'm not going to say it's been, you know, like people haven't been like knocking down the doors or anything. It's not <laughs> like a mob mentality, <laughs> right? but I'm just touched anybody that, you know, I, I picked up pizza the other day from round table and the, the chef of round table came out and was like, are you chef McKenna? And like, just that uh-huh. meant the absolute world to me. Like I saw you on Maui news now this morning. It's nice to meet you, ma'am. And I was like, just blown away that Mm-hmm. The pizza guy is like recognizing yeah. me. So it's, and round it's table pretty makes surreal. really good pizza. 
They do, by the way. We, we really, have some really good pizza. Oh my goodness. <laughs> um, well, people can find where can people find us, Grace, as we as we tie this episode down. Yeah, they can find us literally everywhere at Hawaii Magazine, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, TikTok. We're pretty much in everything, and you can also like and subscribe our channel, and also subscribe to our email newsletter, get stories about Hawaii nonstop. Well, not nonstop, but all the time, you know, just yeah, uh, you know, on an average amount, weekly amount. <laughs> Monday through Thursday. Let's try to call it there. Yeah. That's so funny. Um, awesome. Well, thank you so much, Chef uh, McKenna, for joining us on this episode of the Have a Little Will Travel podcast. We will be back in two weeks as, as usual uh, for a 106 episode. But uh, thank you so much for joining us. And we hope everyone listening has a great week. Uh, happy, well, I guess Monday, because is when it comes out. <laughs> but happy Monday. I hope you have a great week, and we'll see you all again in two weeks. Okay. Mahalo. <laughs>